Good morning, everyone. That was a good response to that. I like that. That was good. It's good to be here. Oh. <laughs> Very glad to be here with you guys. So good to see everybody here this morning. Uh, glad you could make it on this rainy day. Um, just like Leslie said, uh, we did uh, get through camp. So thank you guys so much for praying for the youth group, praying for us. Uh, we had an awesome time. Um, it was just uh, really, really, really fun. We had a good time. Also, we were able to grow closer to Jesus uh, and, uh, and just challenge the students to, to be closer and live closer with Jesus. So that was awesome. Uh, we had some really cool services around the campfire. Uh, Jill, little Jill Bug, she did her first uh, devotional for the group. And, uh, and she killed it. She did awesome. She had all of her notes. She had her whole book and everything. It was cute as can be. Um, but not only was it cute, but it was very informational and like really good. <laughs> like it surprised me how good it was. Um, but she's, she's awesome. So um, just had an awesome time, man. So let's thank you guys so much. There was a particular student that comes to youth group. He, he's kind of on the fence about the whole God thing. And, and um, he actually came to Albion and I and said that, you know, since he started coming to youth, he, you know, he's not as angry as he used to be. Um, he's starting to feel happier. He's starting to feel like, you know, some things are being released from him. And he was just sharing that around the fire. And it was just really, really cool to, to hear that. And, uh, you know, I was telling him this morning that that makes it all worth it, you know, uh, having that one kid say that there's making a difference in your life, like God's changing things in my life. That makes the whole thing worth it. So um, it was really awesome. So just thank you guys so much for keeping us in your prayers and for uh, helping us fund it and just making the trip awesome. It was just, it was amazing. So thank you guys so much. Uh, just a real quick recap of last week's sermon. It was uh, reducing distractions, and we'll continue reducing distractions today as well. Um, but last week we talked about allowing ourselves to be, uh, allowing ourselves to become, um, or allowing ourselves to be reduced. Uh, we talked about the rose uh, grower uh, how he was, uh, um, how he would mercilessly prune his roses, and how he was just so merciless about it. And uh, so we talked about that. We talked about how that's not fun in our lives when, when things are starting to uh, be pruned from us. But how it's also very, very necessary for us to be pruned so that we can grow into the disciple or the person that God wants us to be. And uh, so that's very important in our lives. And we also talked about uh, allowing ourselves to become so busy that we fall away from the things that are keeping us close to God to begin with. Um, keeping us from our Bible reading, keeping us from our worship time, our prayer time, and different things like that. And um, how we could, uh, we discussed how we could reduce distraction of business in our life, which was to reevaluate your priorities. Uh, Pastor Ben and Leslie, they, they told Alvy and I at the very beginning of our ministry that you have to keep your priorities straight and it has to be God first, family second, and the church third. And that's the way you have to keep things. If things start getting out of hand, things start getting crazy, go back to your priorities. How are they? Are they, is God being first? You know, things like that. So it's very important and, and it's always worked for Albie and I, so I'm sure it'll work for you guys as well. We also talked about establishing some routines. Routines in your life can be a good thing as long as you don't allow them to become ruts, right? So it's important that we establish some good godly routines, such as checking your 
not checking your social media in the morning, but going and reading your Bible first thing in the morning or spending some time just quiet with God and just, you know, worshiping on the way to work or whatever you have to do. But having some good routines that will that will help you um, grow closer to God and help you just uh, keep the distraction of busyness away. Uh, also, spending time fasting. It's important to fast and to spend time fasting. Uh, we do the corporate fast at the beginning of the, of the year in January, but that shouldn't be the only time that we fast. We should fast throughout the year, and that way we're growing continuously closer to God throughout their entire year. And uh, that's so important. I can't stress that enough. But this week we'll be discussing how to reduce distraction or the distraction of worldly living. And worldly living is a large subject, but I, I've narrowed it down to a couple things that I have for you guys and just a few ap life application points, so we'll get right through that really quickly. Um, our, our theme verse for this reduced series has been Mark 8:36. So if you guys have your Bibles, or if you don't have your Bibles, we'll be up on the screen for you guys. Um, Mark 8:36. And Mark 8:36 says, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Jesus, for, for the opportunity to be here today, God. Thank you for the opportunity to help build up the body of Bethesda, Father. Um, we just appreciate you so much, and, and we're just uh, we're looking forward to what you're going to do through, through this church and through the body of, of Christ here at Bethesda. Father, we just ask for your help today as we bring the message. Father, I just ask that you would uh, use me in any way that you would see fit. And also, God, that you would help us to learn and help us to grow today and challenge our hearts and challenge our minds today, Father, that we would leave here changed, you know, better than we were when we walked in today. So we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So what does it mean to gain the whole world? To gain the whole world, you have to be a part of the world. <laughs> so if you want to gain the world, you have to be a part of the world. I, I said this morning that if, you, if you've never you know, touched a baseball, or if you've never stepped up to a plate, you can't hit a home run. If you've never touched a football, you can't score a touchdown. If you, you have to be a part of a team to win the World Series. You have to be a part of a team to win the Super Bowl. You have to be a part of something to gain something. So you can't earn or, 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 you know, gain the world unless you're a part of the world. And that's okay. It's okay to be a part of the world because you obviously can't not be a part of the world. <laughs> but it's different being a part and conforming to the world. And Paul says it pretty plainly in Romans 12, 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. So often we get caught up in situations where we feel like we have to conform to other people's beliefs, that we have to conform to other people's ideologies or how they dress or what they're acting like. We just feel like we have to conform to fit in. And it's something as humans we have this desire that we have to fit in, that we, we have this need to be accepted by other people. And I have a really short video that just shows really quickly uh, just what it's like to be in a social conforming situation. It's just a few minutes, and you'll, you'll see it's really interesting how it works. Um, so if uh, you guys just want to watch the screen there. Answer that question. We set up a hidden camera experiment to see if this woman would stand up at the sound of this tone. 
simply because everyone else is. You might be thinking you'd never go along with this. Or would you? just three beats and without knowing why she's doing it this woman is now conforming perfectly to the group but what happens if we take the group away Elaine please Okay, now she's alone, the crowd is gone, and nobody is watching her, except our hidden cameras. What do you think she'll do? She's now conforming to the rules of the group without them even being there. Now, watch what happens when we introduce another outsider who doesn't know the rules. Have a seat and they'll be out in just a couple minutes. Thanks so much. Think she'll teach the new guy what to do? We kept the cameras rolling as more unsuspecting patients arrived. Slowly but surely, what began as a random rule for this woman has now become the social norm for everyone in this waiting room. Here to explain what's going on in their brains is Jonah Berger of the University of Pennsylvania. This sort of internalized form of herd behavior is part of what we call social learning. Starting at a very early age, when we see members of our group perform a task, our brains literally reward us for following in their footsteps. When I saw everybody stand up, I felt like I needed to join them. Otherwise, I'm like excluded. Once I decided to go with it, then I felt much more comfortable. Conformity is how we become socialized, but it can also cause us to develop bad habits or repeat past wrongs. And it's why even this rebel who wasn't standing for any of this nonsense, eventually joined the ranks. And the only thing more shocking than seeing how easily conformity affects the way you act is that similar forces are subconsciously shaping the way you think right now. It's wild, isn't it? <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy how, I mean... That guy, he was just on his phone. He didn't even look up. He was just standing up, texting, sitting back down, texting like he's not paying attention. He's just conforming to everybody else because everybody else is doing it. Uh, and I was watching another video last night, and Albie showed this to me a long time ago from her uh, sociology class or psychology class. I can't remember which one it was. 
but there was a video of uh, a professor who wanted to study the same thing. So he lines up this whole group of people, and like there's like five people who are in on it, and one person who isn't. And he would show these bar graphs, and one of the bar graphs was obviously taller than the others. You know, it was just up here, and the rest were smaller. And he would ask them, you know, which one do you think is taller? So they would go down the line, and they would all choose the smallest one, even though it's obvious that this one is the tallest one. And when they finally got all the way to the end, the person who wasn't even in on it, even though you could see all over their face that they knew this was wrong, they would still choose the smaller one. And so it just shows, it's just like a perfect example of how we are as people. We want to fit in, don't we? We want to be accepted. We want that. We have to have it. And if we don't, it's like she said, I just felt like I didn't feel right. And then after I gave in, I felt good about it. You know, and that's okay in certain situations. But like the, like the guy said, that can also form really bad habits. Uh, you can also fall into really bad things when you start conforming to the world and even Paul warns us, do not conform, but be transformed, you know. So I thought that was very, very interesting how we do that. And, and it's so important that we don't, re, you know, conform, but that we reduce the need in our life to be accepted by everyone, okay. So if you don't want to be the kind of a person that's always conforming to others, just allow yourself to reduce the need to be accepted. And how we can do that is be okay with who you are, you know. God created you to be the best you and the only you that could ever be. <laughs> like, you are the absolute best you ever. And, and he made you specifically, and he made you for a reason, and he made you for a purpose. And each person in this room has a calling on their life. Whether you realize that by this point or not, you have a calling in your life. And God has something for you to do. And, and nobody can accomplish that calling like you can. Like, God needs you to be the best you that you can be. And there's a verse uh, in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 15, that says this, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. How, how beautifully and, and intricately and different we are from everyone. You know, some of us have people in our lives that are just like really close to how we are. Like we get along with people who act like us and they're very similar to us and they may think like us. And, but nobody is exactly like you. Okay, nobody is exactly to a T like you. And God has a specific calling for your life. So be who you are and be proud of who you are. If you don't want to conform to others, if you want to stop that conforming process, if you want to stop the distraction of worldly living and falling into that same old thing over and over again, start being okay with who you are and celebrate who you are. Also, if you want to reduce that, you can start to uh, realize that you're not going to please everybody in your life. <laughs> How many people pleasers are in the room? People like to make people happy all the time. I, I'm one of those people. I like to make people happy. I, I just, I, I can't help it. Like, I don't like when people are upset with me. Um, I'm getting, like, over that a lot since I started working at the crisis center because I have to be very 
in people's face about stuff. <laughs> and that's not who I am as a person. It's just not. I'm not confrontational at all. But I have to confront, like, every every single day of my life now, I'm confronting people. And these people are, some of these are pretty rough characters. And so it's, like, forcing me out of my comfort zone. And it's helping a little bit, you know, with my, you know, but so, but you can't please everybody. And, and if you try, you'll be miserable, trust me. Uh, if you try to please every single person all the time, you're going to end up miserable yourself. And um, a perfect example of this is Jesus himself when he when he would uh, heal the man on the Sabbath day. I don't know if you guys remember the story from, from there where he healed the man on the Sabbath. And then the guy was happy, but everybody else was super upset with him that he healed somebody on the Sabbath day. Or like any boss ever who tries to make a decision and try to please every single person ends up making you know the company suffer. But if he, if he makes a decision that makes this group of people happy, then this group of people is going to be upset, and, and vice versa. And, and you can never please every single person. So please, <laughs> please stop trying to please everyone. You'll never be able to do it. It'll just make you miserable, and you'll just be unhappy because of it. So realize that, you know, be okay with who you are, and realize that you can't please everyone, and be confident in your calling. You know, God called you to do some kind of a job, some kind of a, a ministry. He called you to do something. So be confident in that calling. Be confident in who you are. I use Elizabeth as an example. She's always working on her body, her physical strength, and she's also working on her, you know, her mental side of things as well. She's always bettering herself and trying to further herself in her career. And, and it's very important that we work on ourselves, that you spend time working on who you are as a person, whether it's spiritually or if it's mentally or physically, some shape or form, work on yourself and gain a self-confidence about yourself to where you're, you're okay with being you and you don't have to conform to every single thing that comes along and you don't have to dress like everybody. You don't have to talk like everybody. You don't have to act like everybody. You just don't have to, okay? You can be who you are and that's okay. Another way to reduce... Um, the, the distraction of worldly living is to reduce temptations in your life. You know, um, a, a way to do that is to separate yourself from people who cause you to stumble or cause you to fall back into your old way of living. I remember when I first became, uh, like, when I first decided that I was going all in for Jesus. I was like, you know, full force, I'm going, you know, I'm doing this. It seemed like every time I would get closer and closer, I would go hang out with my friends, and I would revert right back to my old self. Like, <laughs> every single time without fail, I would hang out with them, and I would act like same old Dusty, doing the same old stupid stuff, making the same stupid decisions, and, and just constant. It was a bad, just awful thing that I would do, and, and I don't know why I would do it or what was going on, but eventually I just had to get to a point where I said, I have to separate myself from these people. I can't continuously be doing this. If I want to live for Jesus, I got to make that decision and I got to keep moving forward. I can't continuously be going backwards. So I stayed away from my friends for a good period of time. It was, I can't remember, I think it was around six months or so. I had to stay away from my friends. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to, you know, do away with these people forever, but I do suggest, and this worked for me perfectly, I do suggest just taking some time and building yourself up to where you can be around other people that you used to hang out with but still maintain your Christianity and maintain who you are in Christ. It's so important 
that we do that. And I remember when I finally decided to go back to my friend's house after that period of time was up, I was praying all the way there, like, God, please, please don't let me slip back into this. Please don't let me fall right back into my old ways. And, and I finally got to my friend's house, and I stayed there for about four or five hours and probably said all 15 words because I, so, I was so afraid if I talked too much, I would end up messing up. So I just was like, I'm shutting up. I'm not saying much. And I left there, and I was so excited because, man, I made it through the whole visit and stayed true to who I was and what I was trying to do. And it felt really, really good. And from that day forward, I haven't had to worry about like slipping back into old dusty mode while I was hanging out with my friends. And, and it's amazing because now I can be the light that Jesus needs me to be in their life. And, you know, they're never going to come to church on their own. But like when they hang out with me, they get to see Jesus for a little bit. Not that I'm perfect or not that I'm awesome or amazing. But, you know, when we're hanging out with our friends, we have to be as most like Jesus as we can possibly be because they may never ever come to church they may never pick up a Bible they may never you have to you know what I'm saying so just be be Christ-like and, and remove yourself from people that are causing you to stumble uh, also you can separate yourself from situations that keep you from advancing forward and moving forward you know a lot of times we put ourselves in those spots where you know, we mess up or we have uh, temptations that are, you know, too strong and we, we get into a situation that isn't so good and we have to make a decision whether we're going to keep going or turn back. And as soon as we start to make that decision to turn back, we hear that, oh, you're too far in now, just keep going, you know, or, or, or your friends or whoever you're with or whatever's going on is like, oh, you can do it, just keep going, keep going. And even though you know that it's bad, you just want to be accepted, so you start moving into it. And I remember, like, when I was in high school, uh, it was uh, Halloween, and a bunch of my friends were all together there in Black Oak in Meadowbrook while people were uh, trick-or-treating. And there's that huge cornfield right there. You guys are very aware of this huge cornfield? They used to grow all kinds of corn in that field. They don't do it anymore. But so a bunch of teenagers on Halloween trying to figure out something to do, a bunch of corn, there's a road we're going to corn some cars, right? So we're super excited. We're going down the hill. And, and the whole time I'm walking down this hill and we're going through this graveyard, I'm thinking, this is a bad situation. Like, I don't need to be corning cars. I, I need to be, I need to go back up the hill and go back to the house or something. I, I just don't need to be here. But I just kept moving forward. I just kept going, kept going. Like, it was telling me, you're too far in now. You can't turn back now. You're already, you know, committed. If you turn back, then they're going to laugh at you. Well, we get up there, and I'm coaching my buddy on how to corn cars. He'd never done it before. I hadn't either, but I knew how to corn a car. You know, <laughs> so you shuck the, you know, you shuck the corn off the cob, and then you throw the corn, right? I'm telling him this, and apparently it didn't sink in, and you'll see why later. But I'm going across the road, and I remember getting to, like, the yellow line on the road. And I stop, and I'm like, all right, guys, I can't do this. I just, I can't do it. So I chickened out. That's what they said anyway. You're chicken out, you you know, all this stuff. I was like, whatever, I'll take that. I'm going to go over here to the cemetery and watch you guys. So I turn around and go back, and, like, I'm over there, like, kind of behind a tombstone, hiding out, you know, and I start hearing a truck come or a car or whatever it's going to be. And, <laughs> oh, man, my, my really good friend, he, he throws the whole corn stalk shoo, out into the road, hits the truck, like, you hear this loudest thud. I was like, oh, my gosh, what, what just happened? Like, it was the loudest sound. The truck comes to a screeching halt, and then, like, 
what do you know? Like right behind the truck is a cop car. Oops. So the cops are getting out of their car. I take off up the hill. Like I'm done with the situation at that point. Don't care about the friends anymore. You know, gone. So like uh, tuck tail and go up the hill. So I, I took off. But man, they ended up getting in a lot of trouble for that. But I didn't because <laughs> I ran away. It's never too late. It's never too late to turn back. It's never too late. You, you can always make a decision, a conscious decision. And, and, you know, God will always give you a way out. Even when you seem like you're in too deep or things are happening too fast, or there's always a way and there's always a moment where you'll see God provides ways out of those situations. So it's never too late to turn back. It's never too late. So separate yourself from people. Separate yourself from situations that are causing you to stumble. Sorry, I got choked up there. Man. (laughs) So uh, people and then situations. So uh, just make sure that we're making those conscious decisions to stay close to Jesus um, as close as we can. So how do we get to a point to where we are able to make those conscious decisions? How do we get to the point to where we are able to um, decide to let the friends go for a while or decide to not conform? How can we allow that to happen? Well, Paul says it earlier in the verse that we read, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how do we let our minds be renewed? I have just a few life application points for you guys just really quickly, and then uh, and after that, we'll be done. So how do we allow God to transform our mind? Meditation on Scripture. I don't know if any of you have ever tried to meditate on Scripture for any period of time before, but meditation on Scripture has helped me a lot in my Christian walk. Like, it helps me to remain, like, centered. It helps me to remain focused. It helps me to remain close to God. It's just... Getting quiet, you know, in the, in, the, in the Bible it says to be still and know that he's God. Like, be still in the moment and just listen. And just, so what I do is I'll read some scripture. I'll read like a verse or two, and then I just get quiet. And I just try to push out every other thought in my mind except for the verses that I just read. And when you're doing that, that's allowing the word of God to sink into your brain and sink into your heart. And that's allowing God to start transforming you through his word. And you, you'll never see more of a transformation in your life as to when you are allowing God's word to seep into your heart and into your mind. If that's on your mind and on your heart continuously, <laughs> then you will see big and major changes, okay? So meditation on scripture, get connected within the church. Leslie Mission Connection Groups are coming up. Some awesome things are going to be happening, man. That's awesome time for you to get connected with people in the church. Getting connected with people and having a group of people in your life who you can depend upon is so very important. It's, it's just, a, just trust me, it's so important. And, and now that I work at the crisis center, I see addicts come through all the time, and, and we're just always preaching to these people to have a sponsor, have a buddy, have somebody who you're there with who who can, when you're feeling like you're going to use or feeling like you're going to slip back into your old ways, that you can call and just be honest with. Like, not somebody that you feel like you have to put on a mask for, not somebody that you feel like you have to fake a bunch of stuff for, but someone who you can really, truly be honest with 
and just let them know that, hey, I'm struggling with this sin. I'm struggling with this situation. I'm feeling like I'm going to go back into my old ways. You know, can you pray with me? Can you talk to me? Can you share an example of when this happened to you? And that in your life will be so beneficial. You'll, you'll see awesome benefits if you'll just get connected. So, so go to some uh, connection groups. Find a group that's good for you. Um, if you're feeling like you need to lead one, then let us know. That would be an awesome thing if you would step out and just uh, decide to lead a connection group and really learn to, to connect with people. You can volunteer. There's so many ministries at Bethesda that really could truly use you. Um, there's so many things that you could do that would truly benefit this church and help the church grow and be more effective if you would just decide to step out in faith and, and serve and work and do things. So there's so many things that you can do. We can uh, we get connected, volunteer at the church. You can volunteer in the community. There's people in the community who are, who are really good people that you can get involved with. And, and, and what you put in is truly what you'll get out. Like what you put into your mind and what you put into your heart, that's what you're going to see in your daily life. And if you're if you're listening to terrible music that has a bunch of bad things in it, if you're you're watching terrible TV shows that has all kinds of bad things in it, if you're you know even if you're just watching like stuff that's not necessarily like cursing and lying, but there's just you know bad themes, you know like terrible things, then that kind of stuff is going to make its way back out of you because that's what you're pouring into yourself. But if you're pouring in good things, if you're pouring in scripture if you're pouring in your prayer time and your worship time and you're and you're meditating on scripture and you're and you're allowing for uh con connection groups and you're allowing for people into your life who think like you and can help you and benefit you then that's the kind of thing that you're going to get out of your life you're going to get those awesome benefits so make sure that we are meditating that we're getting connected that we're volunteering and that we're allowing god to truly transform our mind and it's so important guys I can't stress it enough how important just to allow God to really transform you into who you were made to be. You know, I talked about earlier how we were all so intricately and just uh, wonderfully made. You know, God created you to be the best you that you could possibly be. And I truly hope that today when you leave here, you think to yourself, what can I do now to continue my journey on becoming more and more like Christ? How can I continue to grow closer and closer to Jesus and more and more like Jesus every single day? And uh, so if you guys will just stand with me this morning. Reducing the need to be accepted, reducing the temptations in life, and allowing God to transform our minds. If you guys will just bow your head and, and close your eyes, I just want to pray for you guys really quickly. Um, Father God, we thank you so much, Jesus, for, for everything that you're doing in our life. We thank you for this awesome church, God. We thank you, Jesus, that you are here with us today. Father, that you are willing to help us, God, and that you're willing to transform our minds and our hearts. So, Father, I ask today that you would cause us, God, that you would put a, a desire inside of us, God, that would just so desperately want your word and want to change and want to be like you. That from here on out, we just have to do it. Like, we have to, to see more of you. We have to seek you more. We have to be closer to you. Just give us that passion, God. Bless us with that passion. 
And Father, I ask that you would just help each person here to begin to set apart from the world, God, to realize that they don't need to conform to the world, that they can be different, that they can be who they are, and that they can't please everybody, but that they would be confident in, in their calling, God, and that they would be able to, to reduce temptations in their life, that they would be able to remove themselves from people, remove themselves from situations that are not good for them, God, that they would allow you to start transforming their minds through meditation of Scripture, through connecting with other people, and by getting a, a, a really good accountability partner. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for this awesome church. We just ask that you continue to bless us, God, and that you continue to grow us in every sense of the word. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.